joining us on a Thursday night and welcome to Caching in the Northwest. You know, this is the only podcast dedicated to geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. We're going to talk about caches and cachers unique to this little corner of the continent. So while you're finding deals at garage sales, we'll mm. be caching in the Northwest. That's right. And that means it's time. Well, wait a minute. It's time to bring in a gutsy guest. Some say he's not a lumberjack or a fur trader and others say he doesn't live in an igloo or eat blubber or own a dog sled. All we know is he's called Keats94. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's an awesome intro, by the way, and I happen to be wearing the plaid to uh, to, hey. to, to, to show it. <laughs> you're not a lumberjack, but you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, now I got that song in my head. Okay. Yeah. Hey, folks, a quick reminder that we appreciate the support of all of our patrons, Keats being one of them who help keep this podcast coming each and every week. And if you want to know more about the supporting the show, click the Patreon link on that cachingnw.com website. And now, now is the yeah. moment you've all been waiting for. Right now. We call this the glow. Ah, uh, the it, glow. It's the geocaching log of the week. So whether you read it or whether you wrote it, we want to hear about it. Because great logs simply make geocaching better. Send an email to feedback at cachingnw.com. Include the dot com. Yeah. Uh, email or call into 253-693-TFTC or use the voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. Now, tonight's glow came from Bounce Bounce. And you know what he did? He submitted it. By how did he submit it? Emailing to feedback at cachingnw.com. All right. Well, let's jump into that, shall we? He submitted it. Uh, from it's from uh, written by Falconer Swarlos. Does that sound right? Sure. It's a recent one from this month, and it said the the glow reads, "Apologies in advance for length of post, but it's for a good cause." Yesterday, I found my two hundred ninety ninth hide. That's forty two in Snohomish. And he says, "I'm a statistics guy, so I wanted my three hundredth find to be memorable." Make it a memorable milestone, unlike my Blase 200 find. I can tell you about my Blase 200 find. <laughs> well, from a geocaching Instagram post, I found a travel bug hotel built by Bounce Bounce. It was amazing. So I searched for his other travel bug hotels. I found one in particular with 200 plus favorite points, and that would be my 300th find. Today was the day. After work, I was hell-bent to drive to this cache. Traffic was terrible. Two hours to travel 36 miles on the east side and the south end. If this wasn't so built up in my head, I would have bailed. Cooler heads prevailed. I had to keep digging. I figured the first part out, but couldn't figure out the lock code. I didn't drive two grueling hours for nothing, so I called the CO. Thank Christ he answered. I introduced myself and my intention. He offered me one little hint, and I was on my way. I opened the lock, but there was another lockbox for the logbook. I puzzled that out and inked the log. No Wi-Fi and or internet connection due to a proximity to a Kent police satellite office. 300 fines. Now, I know it's no big deal to y'all, but it is to me. Lastly, I dropped off five travel bugs, picked up two. Thanks for the cash. Gets a favorite point from this cashier. And P.S., Zero time for more caching due to the gnarly traffic. And, you know, it, it sounds like he's traveled here from from quite a distance away. And this gnarly traffic is what we call Tuesday. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's normal. Yeah, all the yep. time. Yeah. And I'd like to point out there, he says, I know 300 is no big deal to y'all. Well, hey, it is to me because I just went and looked at my stats after I previewed that. I have never had a single calendar year with 300 fines in it. My biggest year was... 200 something and most of my years are in the two double digits so 300 is 
like three or four years of worth of caching for me. Mm -hmm. It's like an hour and a half for Land Monkey, but you know, <laughs> that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Well, we're we're all on our own caching journey. There you go. I thought I had to sneeze, and then it didn't come out. So, so let's just wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not. Hey, Keep moving. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, and you never know. It might just sneak <laughs> out later. Uh, hey, we got some news from geocaching.com. They released some stats on the Hidden Creatures promotion. Oh. Uh, Keats, how did you do on your Hidden Creatures? Uh, I did remarkably well. I started off rather slow uh, before my trip out east, but uh, um, once I, as soon as I as soon as I landed, I just I just started finding a whole bunch of them, and uh, um, I ended up probably getting with a hundred caches maybe maybe 75 to 100 caches in in my first day there uh i just kind of hit the ground running and yeah it was it was quite a quite a quite an adventure <laughs> so to speak yeah so there were 180 countries mm -hmm. with players who earned at least one hidden creature souvenir cool and you know i took these numbers and i tossed them by our resident mathematician that would be Limax. And uh, he had some fun with them. Wits end, what do we know about 180? Well, it's half a circle. That's right. It's uh, way past my IQ. <laughs> it's uh, south on a compass. There you go. Uh, it's the sum of two squares. That's uh, six squared and 12 squared. See? How about that? It divides 19 squared minus one. Is that right? It's a number with a single repeated digit in base 14. That would be CC. You're fond of the letter C, aren't you? I am. I am. And, you know, it's yes in Spanish. And, well, you know, <laughs> it's an abundant number. Oh, I not, like the, not just that there's a lot of them. That means that the sum of its proper divisors is greater than itself. Does that seem possible? It has to be, but anyway. If Limex said it, I believe it. Uh, exactly. That's that's how I feel. Okay, 180 countries with players who earned at least one. 59 countries with players who earned the World Turtle Souvenir. Oh, what, what do we do know, know about 59? What do we know about 59? Hmm. Well, according to Limex, it's what you do with your tongue in Roman numerals. You licks. Licks. That's L-I-X. It is the lowest number in the seventh set of twin primes. Of three, course. Five, five, seven, eleven, thirteen. Yeah, da, da, da. Uh, that's provided you don't count three, five, seven as a triplet prime. And, you know, who would, really? 59 is also an irregular prime. And, you know, we're fond of irregular things on this oh, podcast. Yes. Uh, it's an irregular prime because it divides the numerator of the 44th Bernoulli number. That's right. What's what's a Bernoulli number? Moving on. Okay. <laughs> there How were many geocaches were found? One, one 1,653,677 geocaches found roughly during that or during that roughly 30-day period. That's wow. amazing. And did you know that's the product of two primes? Is it really? 23 and 71,899. Well, uh, that's that's what I was going to say. But it's a deficient number. Oh. The sum of its proper divisors is less than itself. Along with Keats, 31,504 other people got the World yeah. Tur Turtle souvenir. That's amazing, because that's the product of two primes. Five and 6,301. It's got two representations. It's the sum of two squares. Do you really want to go through all this? <laughs> we do. I'm just so glad you're not asking me math questions. <laughs> <laughs> It's the hypotenuse of two primitive Pythagorean triples, don't you know? The sure. primitive <laughs> Pythagorean triples when all the numbers are relatively prime to each other. I trust you. Common factors. Yeah, that was something I had no idea about. That yeah. I actually learned something. It's also a deficient number. I think a lot of geocaches are deficient in one area or another. I tend to be deficient of uh, finances. <laughs> okay. I said there was 1.6 million geocaches found. There were eight million eight hundred ninety four thousand forty eight total logged finds 
Wow. Well, that's a harsh ad number. Oh, well, yeah. It's a number that's divisible by the sum of its digits. And it's another abundant number. Because geocaches are abundant. That's right. I, I find it interesting. So it's about, what, seven logs per geocache found. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and there was 1,435,611 miles tracked on hidden creatures trackables. Oh, another deficient number. But it's the product of three primes, don't you know? 353 and 9,029. And the digits can be represented as sums and differences. Hmm. Okay. So you got to admit that's kind of fun. Those are fun. Yeah. I like that. And uh, I won't remember any of them 12 seconds from now. But... Oh, not a clue. And, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to be looking for primitive Pythagorean triples from this point on. Of course. Yeah. yeah. All the way. Yeah. That's, that's my new thing. I got to find them. And out of all those numbers, thirty-one thousand five hundred five was his favorite number of that of those numbers. Yeah, that that was the number of world turtle souvenirs. That's that's a tough word for me to say. World turtle. I have to I have to work okay. on that W or T or D T <laughs> combination there. Um, now, so anyway, that was uh, hidden creature stats. There is more news. Do tell. Well, a familiar face has returned to Gold Country Community Societies. That's the GCSS. No, GCCS. Uh, which, as of July 16th, welcomes Marcy Down as its new executive director. You're going to know what this is in just a moment. Down, who uh, since 2015 has been working for the village of Cash Creek. How great a name is that, right? Oh, yeah. As office administrator and in payroll was with the Gold Country Community Society from 2011 to 2015 as office administrator and program coordinator for the geocaching program. This is the Gold Country geocaches, folks. Uh, it was Down who started to work on phase two of the initiative, overseeing the second set of 72 caches, which were unveiled in 2012. She takes the position vacated by departing Chief Operating Officer Terry Hadwin. Oh, yes. Terry Hadwin's been on our show as a guest. Exactly. So now we'll have to have Marcy on the show as a guest to uh, to talk about Gold Country and, and what they're up to. That's right. And there's a metric ton of awesome geocaches up in the Gold Country. Yeah, it's a fantastically well done series. It's yeah. just uh, it takes you to all these places you wouldn't otherwise like you, you just drive by and and all yeah. of a sudden. Oh wow! A geocache is here, and and uh, and another historical landmark that yeah. now now you know, right? So it's great. And yeah. of course, you found them all, right, Keats? Uh, not quite. There are still some ones way out in the mountains that I still got to grab. But uh, uh, I have about I think I have about two geocoins now that I've gotten from oh from good the country. So um, yeah, they give you a nice gold bar after uh, twenty four uh, caches. So um, hence twenty four karat gold, right? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I made exactly. that uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's nice. Well, hey, Keats94, we would like to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank Mr. you. To the <laughs> podcast here. He's going to tell us, folks, about his geocaching experiences in Nova Scotia. We're over here in the Northwest. Nova Scotia's over there in the East. But uh, hey, Keats, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe somebody's joining us that's not familiar with your story, where's your home? How did you get started in geocaching? You know, what's your ATM pin number? Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, I'll start with, with where I, where the city I live in and we'll see, we'll see how, how the night progresses from there. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, essentially, uh, I, I'm, I'm from Burnaby, British Columbia. I was, uh, I was born in Vancouver and then I made the long, the long move out to Burnaby. And actually for those who aren't familiar with the area geographically, uh, Vancouver and Burnaby are next door cities. So, uh, it's not that big a not that big a uh, move, but um, anyway, yeah, um, I, I live in Burnaby, and um, it's, a, it's an awesome city. Uh, a lot of geocaches, um, home to the famous uh, Skunk Tales uh, series um, um, created by uh, Scruffster. Uh, highly recommended if you happen to be in Burnaby. Check out some of those caches. It's a 
it's a really worthwhile series, but you got to go through a gigantic maze to figure it out, and it takes it takes forever. But uh, once you find a gold, uh, yeah, sorry, a, a, a skunk tail's cache, it's definitely worthwhile. It feels like ten finds after you find one of those things. But um, yeah, um, and uh, actually, when I first heard about geocaching, it was um, it was a friend of mine. Uh, we were going for a walk along Pitt Lake, and Pitt Lake, by the way, is just is a lake. It's quite a large lake, actually, east of east of Burnaby. Um, and uh, we were walking, we were we were walking along this road, uh, this trail, and uh, and he was telling me, yeah. So my dad and I came across this this container. Uh, it was hidden at the base of like some kind of bush near the near the lake. And um, anyway, so uh, we went out there, and the cache was was not was not quite there. It must have it must have been uh, muggled, I guess, as they say. But uh, um, this was back in 2010. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, anyway, so. Um, as we were, you know, uh, walking along, I thought yeah, this this hobby could be kind of interesting. So, so I got home and um, I I uh, I got myself an account and it changed my life uh, ever since. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I found my first cash on 420. Um, so uh, I, I, I at first I thought, hey, do these things really exist? And so when I found my first cash, I uh, <laughs> I um, I was about as tripped out as the people downtown that day. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but uh, huzzah, geocaches do exist. So, it was, uh, and, and and ever since I've been I've been hooked, and uh, I never thought that I'd I'd reach the nine thousand mark, but here I am. So it's uh, it's it's been a it's been a good a good addition to my life. Nice. Now, regular listeners and those from our online chat community might know that you're on a bit of a geocaching streak. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I am. Um, actually, interestingly, when I got back from Cape Breton, um, Cape Breton Island, which I'll talk about later, but um, I, uh, I I realized that I was on a 17-day streak because I, I was finding a geocache every single day when I was there. And I, I was like, I guess I have to keep this thing going and seeing how long I can keep it keep it alive. And at that time, I was at 62 days. Uh, what was the maximum amount that was the what was my goal or was my uh, was my record at that yeah, time yeah, uh, okay. exactly yeah and uh, there you go and I thought you know maybe I'll just do like 100 days and see see what it is from there and then I thought once I reached 100 days I'm like okay 150 we'll see what we'll see what we can do there and um, I uh, sure enough I'm at day 309 of my streak and I'm trying to aim for a for a 366 day streak, but of course, by that point, I'll probably want to make it to 400. We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, just thought I'd do a bit of a shout out to all the reviewers out there that uh, that have made my streak possible because I started rather late in the game with my with my fine streak. So thank you to Brian and uh, and uh, others who are who are potentially listening tonight. Nice. Well, but, not only the reviewers, but the cash hiders who are out. There. Thank you, cash hiders yeah. as well. Yeah. Indeed, hundred yeah. uh, yeah. percent. If nobody hit him, we couldn't find him. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I actually think those who have started a streak a little later have an advantage over those, you know, uh, old people like us who have been in it forever. And um, you know, when we first started, a streak really wasn't possible. That this is true, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I, when I first started caching, I I just decided to find a whole bunch of my neighborhood mm. and then i just decided to get every single city and then now now uh about eight years later i'm here i am like trying to strategically plan which cash i go for so if i have a day off i'll go as far away as i can so i can get the caches that i won't be able to find after work anyway so sure. i'll just i'll just uh keep the caches in vancouver and burnaby uh for those crucial days um that's that's kind of my that's my strategy at least nice so. the game yeah. within the game exactly yeah and uh three hams says in the chat oh he says oh great the pressure to hide well yeah <laughs> it's it's all on you three hams do it three hams just just do it if yeah. keats breaks his streak we're gonna blame you <laughs> he also he also says in the chat that keats lives uphill from him and looks down on him yeah well, so. well okay <laughs> <laughs> well 309 standpoint <laughs> I was going to say 309 is, is quite a significant streak. And maybe somebody's listening out there that thinks, wow, that's impressive. I could never do that. I just wanted to throw out there. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I looked at my stats. My longest consecutive streak is nine. So those of you who are listening, anybody can beat that streak. Just go for it. 
309 days in a row, you might think Keats, well, he does nothing but geocache. But I venture a guess that he's got other interests and other hobbies out there. When you are geocaching, Keats, how do you spend your time? Well, uh, I guess in my spare time, I'm I'm working primarily. <laughs> I, I work at Mountain Equipment Co-op uh, in, in in Vancouver. Um, it's one of those outdoor retailers uh, that uh, that basically gets helps promote people getting outside and uh, kind of promoting the active the active lifestyle. Um, and um, I guess in my spare time, I I, I play my instruments and I, I paint a little bit. I, I do a little bit of watercolor and um, um, yeah, I, I I kind of. I mean, I try to get outside as much as I can. Uh, I tend to, you know, I tend to get rather antsy when I'm inside. So I, I will, I will need to be out uh, at least once a day uh, for about an hour or two. So <laughs> at least a walk around the neighborhood is just fine. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now we had already mentioned that you're going to be sharing uh, some road trip experiences or a hashtag, hashtag. geocache road trip to Nova Scotia. First off, yeah. can you give us a little uh, information and, and those listeners who may not know much about Nova Scotia? Right. Well, uh, it, was, it started off as a, geo, a hashtag geocache flight trip uh, from, from Vancouver. And then uh, then I got a car and a, rent, a rental car in Halifax. But uh, but I digress. Um, basically, uh, so um, I, I've actually I, I wrote a little bit of a, of a report and I'll try to remember some of the stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, Nova Scotia is uh, is about uh, fifty five thousand two hundred and eighty four uh, square kilometers. And it's it's on the east coast of Canada. It's between the uh, north forty three and north forty six latitudes. Um, and, it, and it entered the Canadian Confederation in, in 1867. Um, it has around uh, nine hundred forty three thousand people. Um, and, and geographically, it's it, it's interesting because it's basically a, it's, it's a peninsula that that juts out from from New Brunswick, and then it kind of goes in a in a northeast southwest uh, fashion. And it and it's um, it definitely a lot of earth caches explain uh, the shape of, of, of Nova Scotia. I I, I remember uh, finding a few around Duncan's Cove, uh, which which is a, a hike I recommend just outside just outside of of, of Halifax, but. Um, and and on the north end, actually, I I I brought a little uh, I brought a little map with me oh, here. Uh, this is uh, so uh, this is a map. Uh, this is the back road map books uh, kind of map key. And uh, essentially, uh, what we have here uh, is is Cape Breton Island on the north end, and then the mainland uh, down here. Um, and uh, this is kind of like the the peninsula that that connects to New Brunswick up here, and uh, uh, Prince Edward Island, which is actually a separate province. Uh, from Nova Scotia is 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 just up there. So um, yeah, Cape Breton Island is, is is to the north end, and it's it's a very um, it's a very different place from the mainland. I noticed uh, um, they actually have their own flag. Uh, this is the uh, the official flag of Cape Breton Island. Uh, it isn't a like an official provincial flag, uh, but it it's kind of a it's more of a regional flag, I, I guess I would say, and. Um, I, I know that uh, people out there who, who actually call themselves capers um, uh, definitely have a have a real sense of self-identity there. Uh, they they're very proud of, uh, of of their island, and um, and you can see that in their in their Gaelic culture and uh, um, their, their Gaelic culture and their fiddles and um, and uh, they there there are some breweries out there as well. So um, yeah, and uh, so actually, apparently the the, the Gaelic language, which uh, uh, came out from uh, uh, the Celtic countries. Um, there are about 300 uh, native speakers on on Cape Breton Island um, and uh, fluent uh, s speakers in Gaelic, and uh, that's largely uh, from from the uh, the incorporation of the Gaelic College out there uh, that that teaches this 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 ancient uh, Celtic language, um, and uh, it's it's basically uh, gotten gotten. Um, a, a, a lot of praise from the for, from the community because uh, there there definitely is a a, a real uh, uh, strong sense of tradition out there. Um, That's nice. That's it nice. is. So it a is. lot of places lose that as time goes on, yeah. and it's good to see that the uh, the college is keeping it now. Gaelic, if I'm not mistaken, has some incredibly long words in it, does it not? It, it is. Um, Welsh is also Welsh, a really. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, there's. I remember there was that famous. Uh, uh, weather broadcaster that that flawlessly listed out this 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 Welsh town name and apparently actually Welsh towns have a, they, they 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 tell a story 
So oh. that's that's probably why they're they're such a, <laughs> they have such long names. But um, yeah, and and um, like I said, actually, with uh, with um, Kate Breton uh, having the, the 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 fiddle with 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 their uh, with, with them quite quite frequently <laughs> uh, in their culture, they uh, uh, th- th- there was a guy actually uh, um, by the name of John McDougall, and he actually uh, wrote uh, thirty eight thousand fiddle tunes. Um, and uh, I, I, I was actually driving along the highway on Cape Breton, and um, I, I actually had to pull over because I was like, "Did I hear that right? Like, thirty-eight thousand tunes?" Um, and, and they sit, they 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 actually sat in someone's basement collecting dust for decades and decades, and uh, some of those tunes actually hadn't even been played yet. So uh, it was it was cool uh, until last year, uh, they 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 brought the, the the book out and they started playing the tunes for the first time probably since they were written. So. Um, very, very, very cool. And as a fiddle player myself, it was kind of a pilgrimage going, going out there. That's so, great. Impressive. Yeah. Now folks stay tuned for the after show because Keats is going to play all 38,000 songs <laughs> during the after show at the same time. We're going to compress it all together. Now okay. for you. I'll just play a bunch of gibberish and that'll be probably it. <laughs> It would still sound better than anything I could produce from a violin. I'll tell you that right now. Well, that's amazing. Nova Scotia seems like a great place to visit. You know, growing up, one of the things I like to read, I know it's maybe strange, maybe not. I had a Guinness Book of World Records that I used to flip through endlessly. And if I'm not mistaken, Nova Scotia is home to the Bay of Fundy. Yes. The world's largest uh, tidal shift. And it's been on my list of places I'd love to see ever since I was a kid for that reason. So really Bay of Fundy is a gorgeous place too. It, yeah. It's uh, definitely a fantastic part of the, part of the province. So maybe uh, someday I'll get to see it and go see yeah, the tides. Definitely. But on tonight to we're talking Australia. Well, yeah, everything's different in Australia. Tonight though, we're talking about why a geocacher might want to go to Nova Scotia. What do you have to say about that? Or yeah. the Canadian Maritimes in general. I, uh, why, why would a geocache want to go to Nova Scotia? Well, that's, a <laughs> uh, we could be uh, here all night. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, 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 a geocacher would, would want to visit Nova Scotia, um, for, for just to see the, the, the passion that gets put into, into geocaches out there. Um, I have to say that, that, uh, the Nova Scotia geocaching community, uh, they're, they're just a real, um, a uh, passionate group of people that are excited to 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 get people interested in 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 the hobby and uh some of the some of the the geocaches that I went for um actually primarily what you'll see out in the kind of in the back roads of Nova Scotia you'll see a lot of the geo art series mm. um so the Nova Scotia lobster uh, in Shelburne which uh, I'll just pull up my map again it's just kind of in this in this part of the part of the province okay. um you basically got to solve a whole bunch of uh uh caches it, it's about I, I can't remember how many caches it is it's like around 75 to 100 caches um anyway so you 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 go out and you, you find these and it's, it's it's fantastic and some of them are, are create like are quite creative hides too like they're not just um they're not just a film canister attached to a tree uh, so it's, it's definitely uh worth worth seeing um there were some geo art that i that i didn't do like the guys grow fish and the celtic knot um, and the evergreen, um, the, the Guysboro fish is kind of an, in, uh, is, is on the north section of, of the mainland Nova Scotia, of mainland Nova Scotia. So um, definitely worth worth checking that out. It follows the same kind of solving pattern as the Shelburne lobster. Um, and actually, uh, a, a lot of great uh, caches uh, that I found were also in Cape Breton, uh, on Cape Breton Island. And uh, a lot of these caches are on a, um, on a railway grade trail. And so they're, you know, they're every, you know, 160 meters, but, uh, or 161 meters, pardon me. Uh, um, but uh, each one has, has its own flair to it. Um, so the people that, that recently put them out, I actually think they were published uh, around last year. Um, they're, they're pretty fresh right now. The log books are still nice and dry, amazingly. Uh, but uh, um, I, uh, I, I, I found quite a few of those um, and each one had, had its own kind of unique unique style to it so I, I i did like some of those uh some of those out there um and yeah oh and there was another uh series that i didn't quite get to but uh if, if anyone out there is interested in challenge caches uh there there are a group of, of challenge caches that are 
um, that's kind of south of Halifax. Um, and I actually, <laughs> before the for the podcast, I printed out a uh, military alphabet code cheat sheet because I'm not too familiar <laughs> with, with, the, with the military codes. So uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, so that one of the one of the GC codes that that will get you to the general area of um, of this challenge of this challenge cache alley, as it's called statistic alley. But uh, it's a uh, GC uh, six um, uh, Charlie uh, zero. <laughs> Eight. Okay. That, that was easy. All right. <laughs> um, sorry, no, no, no. I was sorry. I was looking at the wrong GC code here. Sorry. GC four four. Foxtrot. Yeah. Foxtrot. Foxtrot. X-ray, X-ray Juliet. X-ray Juliet. There we go. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will uh, try to memorize that as, as time goes on. But uh, I, I don't have it memorized. I have a cheat. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. Oh really? <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a great it's a great grouping of, of challenge caches if if you're into it. I, I, they they get progressively more difficult to qualify for as you go up the valley, um, but uh, that definitely gives one incentive to go up there for sure. Um, oh, and also um, if you're into virtual caches, uh, there are uh, two that are kind of in downtown Halifax. Uh, the first one that I can recommend is First Post Halifax. Um, part of the First Post series, they were actually uh, a, a bunch of these virtual caches that were placed uh, from essentially each on, on, on each parliament uh, in, in, in Canada. Um, there were some that have been archived, but um, uh, sorry, I see on the show notes here that it, that's changing. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, so basically, uh, uh, first post Halifax will, will, will take you to this, to this spot and you just got to answer a question. It's, uh, uh, it, it's at Province House, which is the Nova Scotia legislature. Um, it actually happens to be the oldest legislature in Canada, so mm. um, definitely worth 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 checking that, that place out for sure. Um, yeah, um, it's a brilliant place um, if you're a political junkie like myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, and also uh, there, there there was another uh, virtual rewards cache that was published recently in, in Halifax called Do the Wave, and uh, um, it's GC seven Bravo. Thank you, eighty five C. Charlie. Charlie. Um, sorry, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that, that's another great one where you just gotta take a picture of yourself by the wave, doing something fun on on the wave. It's it's a public art thing that uh, that's on the boardwalk, and that's another place that uh, is is fantastic is checking out the the uh, the Halifax boardwalk. Cool. So, nice. Yeah. Now, Land Monkey's not here, but. Okay, let's talk about Earth caches anyway, even though he's not yes. here, because he would. Yeah, he would read us the right act if we had omitted any reference to Earth caches. The Earth, the Earth caches in Nova Scotia are are absolutely fantastic. And they have some there, really? They, they really. Oh, yeah. It, Nova Scotia <laughs> does have geology as well. Believe okay, me. Okay. Good. good. <laughs> uh, so uh, the first one that I would highly recommend checking out is called Fundy Rockhound. Uh, that's G Charlie uh, one one. Romeo. Romeo Delta <laughs> Delta six. There we go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great earth cache that will take you uh, basically a, 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 on a walk along the beach. Um, the cache owner just asks you to find and identify some rocks that were listed on the cache page. Um, and, um, and it's a really gorgeous beach. The, the rocks there, actually I have some on my, on my desk here. Um, if you can see them properly here, they, uh, they're, they're of different colors. Um, uh, the, most of the colors out there actually are um, kind of this terracotta color and this purple color. So the rocks there are quite interesting. There's actually some people have said that they found amethyst, like amethyst crystals uh, on um, on that beach. Um, and um, yeah, definitely worth worth checking that that Earth cache out for sure. It's uh, it's a good one. Um, and uh, also um, the Mahoney Bay Islands drumlins and sills. Uh, Earth cache uh, GC six zero six four Papa, uh, um, and um, definitely worth worth checking that out. It basically talks about uh, Drumlin Islands, which I had never heard about before. Basically, Drumlin Islands are glaciers that that kind of change the slope of this of, of the of the islands, and and uh, you're supposed to identify a few of those. So um, it was it was great. It was a really good uh, good good educational trip as well uh, from a ge- from a geologist's perspective. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Trexer does say in the chat it's rock theft, and now we have evidence of that. That's it's right. been recorded. So. <laughs> You're in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll uh, I'll see if I can re, re repatriate them, but uh, yeah, they, they, they 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 do look very nice in a rock garden. <laughs> hey, you kept them in the same country. There's nothing wrong with that. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So that that Fundy Rockhound would be Fundy Bay. Correct. That has Correct. the yeah. largest yes. title shift. Yeah. As you know, everybody read in Guinness World Book of Records because that was the only book worth reading when we were growing <laughs> up. And it was still a book. You had to buy it every year. Yeah, I couldn't wait for the next one to come yeah. out every year. Oh, we had books. Yeah, there were books back in the day. <laughs> oh, wow. One year they came out with kind of a holographic cover and that kind of put me off. Is I was this, like, no, that's too trendy. Is, is this a book? I, I don't uh, It's an electronic Oh, book. no, no. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now yeah, you just go to the website. Yeah, we couldn't Do, afford a website when I was a kid. Yeah. Do, uh, do they still produce uh, Guinness World Books? I think so. The research department could probably confirm this, but yeah. oh, uh, no, I, we I can't. He's, so. our research department is out, so we'll have to have oh. the secondary research department. That's right. Come in. Uh, Limex says he enjoyed the World Almanac better. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so Keats, you were out in Nova Scotia. Now, did you just happen to jump on a plane and that's where the plane went and that's why you went geocaching out there? Or did you have a goal for this trip? It, it kind of started off as that, like, I'm just going to get a plane ticket and just go and see what see what I can see. Uh, but I realized I was getting on to number 9,000. So I, I just had to uh, realize, well, OK, so Canada's first ever geocache is is or first place geocache is out there. Hmm. Uh, that's GC Bravo Bravo Alpha. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a great, uh, a, a great milestone in the sense, cause it, uh, from a, from a Jasmine perspective, it was, it was nice to get that spot filled. Um, and, uh, that was, yeah, number 9,000. I still had to find quite a few caches before, before that one, but, uh, it, uh, it definitely, um, it was, it was definitely worth it. I actually got there. It was one of the only rainy days, uh, on, on my trip. And I, I parked on the side of the highway. This, this particular cache is, is actually in the middle of a highway cloverleaf and so you gotta oh, really? there, there's, there's a little bit of a there, there, there's a bit of a shoulder on the side of the highway and you you can just kind of casually of course safely uh walk across the the this um highway exit and uh somewhere in the forest there's a trail that you can get to um and uh as you walk towards the cache there's a nice uh sign that says geocache lane and um yeah it was it was definitely cool i was like i, I knew that i was on the right uh, i was on the right track and uh quickly that would found be a that. pretty good indicator yeah <laughs> yeah it definitely helped I, yeah. i'm gonna make sure that all the uh um i suddenly forgot the 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 uh who who approves the geocaches come on chris the, the reviewers. The reviewers make sure that there's road signs pointing to geocaches from this point on That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would help. Yeah. It's yeah, not I happen is it? Not probably not. No. Okay. I have my doubts. Yeah. <laughs> but in Nova Scotia, there is a road sign. Mm -hmm. There are. Yes. All right. For sure. Um, yeah, and I. Apart from that, I, I, I kind of, from a from a non geocacher's perspective, I did want to see the the Alexander Keith's brewery, uh, in, in, in Halifax. Cause I, it's one of my favorite beers. Um, so I had to definitely, uh, take a tour of that place. And the, the tours there are fantastic. I think they're around $17 per tour, but they, they, they take you on this incredible, um, walk through the, through the brewery and you can try out different types of beer. Um, and you basically, uh, you know, yeah, sample different types of, uh, loggers and, and then they, then they, uh, play music and stuff like that so it's great um but uh on the from a geocacher's view i i i, I kind of just i like i made sure that i wanted to get that uh that that shelburne lobster geoart series near near shelburne that was kind of um important for me um and kind of casually going through towns what i basically did is i is I stopped into a town and then parked the car and then just walked around for a bit and found a whole bunch of caches, got a whole bunch of history lessons about the area. And um, yeah, taught me a, a, a unique 
like uh, some some unique factoids about the area. Actually, the the, the, the multi caches were great. Uh, there was a cache I had found at Digby. It's a multi cache that took me on a great history tour um, around there. So if you're a, if you're a history buff, check out uh, some of the, the. I think it's like the one multi cache in Digby. So mm-hmm. um, if it's there, it's there. <laughs> you know, geocaching is truly a good uh, travel. I want to say a travel agent. You know, take you around from place to place. Uh, geocaching will let you see some of those interesting spots. And, you know, I think it's interesting that that Canada's first geocache is still active. I don't. Well, no, no. See, America's first geocache is not still active. We have a plaque mm-hmm. celebrating it, but it's not active. So interesting. that's impressive. Interestingly enough, there actually is a uh, there, 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 there's also a plaque dedicating uh, Canada's first geocache. But the weird thing is that it is located nowhere near the the actual location of, of Canada's first cache. So really? um, it's it's on a place called Graves Island. Um, that's G R A V V is in Vancouver E N E S. Um, and um, it's a, it's a nice park, but uh, it's 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 interesting that they chose that spot for 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 Canada's first geocache. I, I've of course got a whole bunch of photo ops for with with that plaque as well but uh yeah it was um it was it was great it was really cool it was like uh i was a bit starstruck actually when i found this, this container yeah so very cool so apparently there's a brewery in halifax and there's things to do other than geocaching there in nova scotia which is which is nice because a lot of us well the whole family or maybe your travel party they're not all geocachers, sad to say, but maybe you're traveling to Nova Scotia to hit all these great geocaches, but your traveling companions aren't cachers. I don't know why you travel with them, but sometimes we do. Let's, well, let's say, for example, somebody has a muggle friend with them on the trip. Anything else you can recommend? I mean, what else do you need except a brewery tour, right? But there's well, probably something else, too. There are there are a lot of a lot of great great places to check out in in Nova Scotia, um, and also Halifax. I think it was uh, Mike Myers that said that uh, Halifax is kind of the Canada's un un um, uh, it, it's 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 the un uh, what's the word the party town. It's a it's basically a a, a underrated party town. It's uh, a, so it, there there are lots of there there are many bars. Uh, so if you are into uh, into beer, then definitely check it out. But um, uh, Pier Twenty One, uh, which is uh, if, if you're into you know any type of Canadian history, immigration history, uh, definitely check out Pier Twenty One because that was where um, where where the first Im- immigrants arrived uh, on on Canadian soil. So um, I, I didn't have time to check that out, but uh, next time for sure. It uh, I, I've been I've been told that it's been a, it's it's a great museum. Hmm. Um, and uh, there might be something happening at the Scotia Bank Center that's kind of like the main, um, that's kind of like the main theater area um, to see shows and stuff like that. Um, definitely uh, a, a good place to check out. I, th- I think it was the Jazz Festival when I just before I left when I was there. So um, a lot of great music and, and stuff over there as well. Um, in, in, in Halifax primarily, but um, th- there are there are many other places to see live music um the africville museum uh which i need to check out next time uh basically uh it's about the uh the the african canadian history that uh that, that you that uh that's in nova scotia hmm. um yeah it's uh yeah yeah very very, very cool stuff um and uh oh and the art gallery of nova scotia um which i think is near the africville museum um that's another great place to check out uh, art, and uh, there are many exhibits that that you'll see there for sure, um, varying uh, varying types. The oh, and also the uh, the Atlantic Canada uh, Aviation Museum. Uh, so if you are like myself and you're into planes as well, mm-hmm. uh, definitely check out uh, the, the the that aviation museum. Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of great uh, great Canadian history moments in that building. Um, and of course, uh, Province House, which which uh, which is what I mentioned earlier. But um, Province House is is Canada's first legislature. It was built apparently before uh, the Parliament, National Parliament in Ottawa. 
Um, and actually a funny story when I was on the tour, it was just the tour guide and I, and uh, we were walking around the building and we, we, we got to the chamber and she was telling me why along the, along kind of where the ceiling, uh, I forget what you call them, where the ceiling meets the, meets the, meets the wall. There's this like, there's this design of, of birds. And um, interestingly at the time, and this was way back in, I think the 1800s, uh, there was a, a land dispute between Maine and New Brunswick. And so there was a representative from New Brunswick that was uh, in attendance in the Nova Scotia legislature. And uh, he, he looked up and he, he, he looked at these, hot, these, these, these birds on the side of this, this, the, the, the building and, and, uh, and he, with his cane, decided to knock the heads off 11 <laughs> of these things because he thought that these birds were American eagles, symbolizing American identity, oh. of course. So, uh, but really, actually, they were hawks. And to this day in the Nova Scotia legislature, uh, you, will, you will look up and you'll see a bunch of headless hawks. <laughs> Uh, wrongfully executed by this by this angry New Brunswicker. So, <laughs> oh, so they have a bit of a, a temper, do they? Uh, it it has been it has uh, I I I guess uh, from a historical perspective, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, they were uh, I, on on the tour. They were actually uh, my tour guy was telling me that when the uh, when when certain political parties are in power, they actually shift the location of their of their icons, like they they they, they have a painting, um, and depending on whether they're the official opposition or the government, they'll they'll shift the paintings over. <laughs> so, uh, there, yeah, there's there's a there's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a spectator sport out there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. It, it is <laughs> for sure, and uh, yeah, it, um, of course, yeah, like I said, yeah, the Alexander Keats Brewery um definitely uh worth worth checking out of course and um the the celtic music interpretive center this is outside of halifax this is way out in uh, on the west coast of cape breton uh, in a small town called judic and actually when i went when i first read the name of that town i thought it's judique like it's a it sounds it, I, I i pronounced it like like the way that the french would probably pronounce it yeah, but of course but, but they uh they just pronounce it Judic out there. So I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I thought I was being polite. So. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, it's a, um, out, out in Judic on the West coast of Cape Breton Island, you'll hear a lot of live, live uh, fiddle music. Um, so, uh, uh, so not only Judic, but uh, further up the road in Mabu, which is actually, if, if, if anyone uh, out there knows who the Rangan family is, that's actually where they live or where they, where they grew up. And um, so they're they're kind of a folk band, and they're really into fiddle music as well. Um, and they actually own a pub out in uh, in Mabu called the Red Shoe, and uh, and the Red Shoe is a brilliant uh, uh, pub filled with live music, excellent food. The fish and chips there are to die for. Uh, the, the the soup is amazing, and the the pot pie is amazing. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, and uh, of course. Um, there are campgrounds relatively nearby, so uh, so if you you know if 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 you've had a if you've had a few pints here, you're, you're not that far away from 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 camp. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, definitely a fun part of of the island for sure. I I focused on that like like this year's trip. I focused on on the west coast of Cape Breton and um, further up past Mabu, you get into uh, Cape Breton Highlands National Park. Um, and uh, there are some great camping opportunities. And uh, actually, Cape Breton is home of the, the famous uh, Cabot Trail. And the Cabot Trail is around 300 kilometers, and it kind of circles the north, the north part of Cape Breton Island, um, kind of going along uh, some of the more scenic viewpoints. And uh, there are some excellent earth caches out there as well, uh, some of which uh, were, were actually very easy to do. You just kind of identify fault lines and stuff like that. So um, they talked about the, I forget the name of the fault line, but uh, it's a fault line that actually stretches from Cape Breton Island to Scotland. Uh, it shares the same valley. Uh, it just goes under the Atlantic, of course. But uh, yeah, um, uh, definitely check out the Cabot Trail. Um, and uh, every October in Cape Breton, there is the Celtic Colors International Festival and that's held uh, in many small communities in and around Cape Breton. Um, and uh, that's usually 
um, early to mid-October. Uh, and the reason why they call it Celtic Colors is because at that time, all the, all the deciduous trees turn this beautiful uh, orange and red, red color. So uh, definitely a nice time to go. If you're going to check out Cape Breton, particularly, um, definitely check it out in, in mid or mid, early to mid-October for sure. Yeah. Nice. So that's definitely the place to go in the fall to see the colors, just like we would go to, um, you know, East Coast to Maine and such to see colors change there. So nice. absolutely. Now, and, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I, I just should point out that uh, if, 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 uh, if you want to check out any more further details, uh, uh, check out NovaScotia.com uh, forward slash C hyphen do. Uh, forward slash attractions and uh and, and you'll find out more more information that way nice nice i will put that into the chat right now watch me go oh thank Look you at that <laughs> technology um, technology isn't that great <laughs> for the win <laughs> amazing now once you get out to nova scotia you did a bit of traveling what is the best way to get around uh, the, the best way to get around, I mean, when you when you arrive, usually flights tend to fly to Halifax um, from from Vancouver, from Toronto. Usually, usually when you fly to, to Halifax, you have a layover in either Montreal or Toronto. Um, but uh, when you get to Halifax, there's a there's a brilliant uh, transit system out there, um, and uh, that'll get you to downtown relatively easily. Uh, there, 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 there actually is a bus that takes you from the airport. Uh, over to to downtown. This, then the fare itself is actually uh, is three dollars and fifty cents. But uh, usually any other fare in in the city of, of Halifax in the region municipality um, is is around uh, is a dollar cheaper. And the reason for uh, the the extra dollar from the from the airport is it goes over a toll bridge. So um, it's I mean it, it's it's definitely a relatively affordable um, as as transit goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely, um, check out, uh, halifax.ca forward slash transit, uh, for, for, for more details. Um, fair time. If you, uh, when, when you purchase a ticket, uh, it lasts, uh, lasts around 90 minutes. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, it'll, it, it'll get you from, from point A to point B, uh, relatively easily. But when I first arrived, I definitely had to use my transit app on my phone. Um, I was a bit of a, I was a bit, uh, well, I wasn't jet lagged, but I was like, oh, this is a new city <laughs> on the other side of the country and uh, not exactly TransLink as we have in Vancouver, but sure. um, yeah, uh, definitely, um, definitely a functional system for sure. Yeah. Um, and then um, when you, when, you know, after you made your way from the airport, uh, there are many uh, rental car places uh, like Hertz, uh, Enterprise and Budget. Uh, and they're all kind of within the Halifax regional mu municipality. Uh, most of them are in downtown Halifax, but you'll find a few also in Dartmouth too. So um, definitely uh, worth worth like if you want to check out further further away from Halifax, then then definitely rent a car, and uh, you'll see a lot of cool a lot of cool things. So is Halifax probably the best you know base of operations? Do you want to just pick an area to there? Is there other areas? I would I would say Halifax is a good place to start. Um, and if you're into, you know, just just checking out the, the, the mainland, definitely start in Halifax. But uh, if you really want to see Cape Breton and and to, you know, focus on that particular part of part of the province, then um, then there are flights from Halifax to Sydney. Um, or, you know, you can also just as easily drive up there. Actually, it's about it's it's around three ish hours, depending on what, what, okay. what highway you take. Um, and um, yeah, but uh, you can fly. You can fly to Sydney relatively easy. I think they're like, I don't know, two flights a day. So those are metric hours, of course. But... Correct. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very similar to Imperial hours. As oh, we very know much. Them. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, how did you plan your trip? I mean, I know you wanted to hit these big geo arts, say the lobster and, um, and I looked at them and I can think of the wine glass and that's not the one you hit. Uh, a fish. The fish in the tree, the evergreen. Um, how did you plan your geocaching route? Um, the, the initial plan was to start in a clockwise fashion. Um, and I kind of wanted to see if I can circumnavigate the whole province. Um, and I did that with, um, with the mainland primarily. Um, 
but I, what I kind of did is I, is I looked at the map and I thought, okay, so if I'm going to be leaving from Halifax, how much distance do I want to have until my next town? Uh, basically, usually it's around 150 kilometers was, was the, um, was the average. So I thought, okay, if I can get 150 kilometers done in a day, uh, then, then I'm, then I'm good. And then all I need to do is just ask the Googles and, um, and basically find a campground near me. Wait, wait, um, so and you're telling that, me there's data there as well? Uh, I, I did have a nice fresh, um, set of data time that, uh, that I got, um, on, on my phone, okay. which was actually pretty invaluable. Uh, but if I was of course outside of satellite reception, well, um, I would have to find a Timmy's for sure. Yeah. I, I basically just looked at the map and, um, and went, I went like my, my, my stop, my first stop on the road trip was in Bridgewater. Um, and actually what I did before I had left uh, was I contacted the local Nova Scotia geocaching community on, on Facebook. And I asked, Oh, so, you know, um, are, do you know of any places, any free places to camp? Um, in and around the province, and uh, there were some articles that 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 were that were given to me and um, uh, or sent to me, and um, also there were people that were like my backyard, pitch nice. a tent of my to pitch a tent on my property, and that's that you know free of free of charge. And I was like, well, thank you. I was you know very grateful for that because I was already on a bit of a tight budget, but um, it uh, it was it was re- it was really good. So um, my my first night in Bridgewater, I actually ended up. Uh, after getting back from Peggy's Cove, which is another excellent place to check out, by the way, um, just outside, just south of Halifax, uh, I, I I ended up getting to this 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 cashier's property uh, at around like 11:30 at night, and I'm driving down this 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 logging or this kind of dirt road, and um, I'm just kind of using the coordinates, and I'm driving through the woods, and I thought, you know, like there there definitely like bears and Sasquatches or whatever, what have you, you know, in these woods. And then, um, he he actually lives he he lives somewhere else, but um, I uh, he, he had property on this lake. It was a gorgeous lake, and I got there, and uh, all I could hear was the cry of a loon and and just uh, just the waves on the on the lake. It was it was a really good experience, um, but uh, I was very grateful for my car's headlights because I still had to pitch my tent. So. <laughs> But uh, it was great. And then after that, I kind of headed down to the Shelburne Lobster and, um, yeah, just kind of relied on Tim Tim Horton's Wi-Fi um, for, for the most part, uploading pocket queries and um, kind of just saying, oh, look, this looks like a cool town. I'm going to stop here and find a few traditionals, find a few multis, um, find find a virtual if there are any there. Um, and, yeah, um, it was it was kind of a I, I tried to make it not too structured. Uh, because there were a lot of uh, great, great other places that I that I needed to stop at while I was there. So, so of all the places that you stopped to cache, do you have any favorite geocaches and all that? Well, of course, uh, uh, Canada's first cache, but uh, there was an excellent hike I did called Cape Split, and uh, Cape Split is a um, it, it's it's a peninsula that juts out into the Bay of Fundy. And uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a long hike, but uh, there was some excellent caches out there that that ta- that brought you to some scenic areas. Photo opportunities were were fantastic out there. Um, and uh, once you got to the to the tip, you had this great uh, earth cache to do, and um, had some lunch, and then headed back. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a a, a memorable part of the trip for sure. Um, what other stuff? Oh yeah, and then of course doing the the Celtic Shores Coastal Trail. Um, fantastic caches out there as well. Uh, like I said, very, um, very, very creative and um, well, well put out and well, well thought of for sure. Nice. Now, I mean, you're, we can see and hear your passion when you're talking about this. You had a great time. If somebody else wanted to do a trip like yours, how much time would they need to uh, get around Nova Scotia? See, that's the thing. I, uh, for myself, I would have probably done about. I, I would have probably done two weeks for my uh, for for my trip out there uh, recently. I, I I did eleven days. Um, I I do think it's good to take your time, but if you if if, if you only want to go for, for for a week, then then definitely you know check out some of the trails uh, in and around Halifax. 
Um, there, there are some, uh, uh, and within Halifax, you can check out Piggy's Cove. So if you're if, if you're going there for a shorter amount of time, then 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 definitely check out some of the touristy places around um, around Halifax. And um, yeah, I mean, a week to to two weeks is is fine. Um, and Cape Breton, you probably for me because I like that place so much, I'd, I'd probably go for yeah two two or three weeks, buy some land out there, you know. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to spend two weeks exploring Nova Scotia. But speaking of time, we're running up an hour here on the podcast. So Ooh, wow. uh, before we bring it all to a close, are, are there any other things you'd like to add? Uh, the biggest thing that I learned, and I almost forgot to do this, uh, was bring tick tweezers. Uh, ticks are really, really common in Nova Scotia. Uh, I was bitten by four of them. And uh, thankfully, uh, I, I hadn't uh, had any further symptoms. But um, I uh, just just the basic tick tweezers that pull the tick out is, is just fine. Um, and uh, yeah, really, really just spray yourself with bug spray um, and and just kind of check check every night, you know, just make sure that you that you don't have any ticks on you. Yeah. Big time. Nice. Um, if somebody wanted to see your pictures, follow you online, look at all the adventures you're doing, where would they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at Keats Morton. Uh, basically my first name and my last name. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter though. I'm not usually on Twitter that much. You could probably find me mostly on Instagram. Um, obviously, uh, you know, if you want, uh, check me out on Facebook. I, I, I have a Facebook group called, uh, uh, Keats 94 is geocaching adventures. Hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, definitely, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get, get more, get more posts on that pretty soon. <laughs> Very nice. cool. Yeah. Well, we would love to uh, to thank everybody for listening. And, you know, thanks, Keats94. Definitely go check out at Keats Morton. I'm at Wits End. He's at Caching NW. And all the rest of the sponsors, the supporters, especially those faithful Denali-level supporters, we'd like to thank you. That'd be Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax, and WorldCaching.com. If you'd like to know more about supporting our show, go over to CachingNW.com. It's a great website, by the way. But there's a link there called Patreon, and you can learn all about being a patron and supporting the show. The people that we would like to thank that have done that are be uh, P B Pendragon, Broncos Fan for Life, Sprouter, Camp Fun, Tick Magnet, Kev MacD, Subway Mark, Dormore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, GeoNav Pros, Wino Seattle, Acrodoc, Billy Robson, Nice, Santeus, Keats 94, Curiosity Girl, Trex for Zero, and MC3 Cats. Nice. Most of all, we want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Caching in the Northwest. Don't forget that you can be part of the show. Give us a call, 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment. Ask a question. Give us, pull us around in a kayak any time of the day or night. Of course, you can always email us, feedback at cachingnw.com. Also, your support helps keep quality shows coming. If you like this show, click on that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website, like all those people we just mentioned. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. The show's produced by Chris Umpenauer and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris Jay and Jim Paulwitz. The show's licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Copyright 2018 by Chris Umpenauer. And folks, we encourage you to stay tuned for... The After Show. The After Show. It's just so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's so great. Um, you know, we only have a couple of things that were mentioned. If you're following along in the chat and uh you think you know hey there's something i want to ask it doesn't relate to this topic use the hashtag fatas that's for the after show and we'll toss it in there like i ham did he asked where's the monkey what monkey i don't know i, I think I, he's on i think he's on the island or on a ferry or something like that i, I think he's been with family yeah, yeah he's spending time true. with family uh trexer said i've added so many locations that i want to visit to cash since i found the podcast that's great awesome. yeah and you know each week doing the podcast like oh, i gotta get out there yeah Nova scotia I, sounds great I, I want to go out there now um limax our resident mathematician says, yeah. he says 180 is also the sum of the angles in a triangle that it is is it also always? 
No, there there are a couple of odd triangles you can get, isn't there? No, no, three angles add up to one eighty. I thought there was an exception. You, you, you chew on that while I contribute that he also said he looked up the Bernoulli numbers when making the list, and the explanation was pretty involved, and he couldn't find a nice two sentence explanation. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Because I only know about the Bernoulli effect as far as airflow. Because yeah. I had a Bernoulli drive. Yeah. Back then it was a spinning disc, a spinning hard disc. And uh, it uses the Bernoulli air effect to help actually stiffen that flexible material and, yeah. and uh, make it a good writing surface. So Yeah, they were great. I only had the Bernoulli walk. I couldn't afford the drive. But... Mm -hmm. Thanks to this podcast, I learned what Bernoulli is. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> He's a scientist. Or is he a scientist or mathematician? Anyway. Um, also, MC3Cats added, there's a Titanic where I go cache in yes. Halifax. Nice. Definitely. And I should also point out that the uh, uh, the Halifax explosion uh, was another important uh, or a, a, quite a significant part of, uh, part of Halifax's history. And I believe there is also a museum out there somewhere that, that talks about it. Um, and there are some some multi caches and some uh, some mystery caches that some mystery caches that, that that talk about it. Basically, it was a collision between a um, it was a, an, an ammunitions boat and a and a passenger ship. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of the largest explosions in, in the world's history. Actually, I think it was the largest largest explosion uh, largest sorry non nuclear explosion. Um, and wow. I think so far in, in all of world's history so far. Wow. Even more than Mythbusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The blast, blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. <laughs> oh no, that was a West coast. Explosion. That was a West coast thing. I've got to look up the Halifax, Halifax explosion now. Yeah. Um, Dora Moore says there is an exception to that triangle rule. Wait, guys, stop putting up chat because i can't read the old one uh they're, they're doing it now uh limax helped me with a puzzle on vancouver island the angles added up to 200 yeah that's that's weird geometry though yeah it's not normal stuff and just in plain geometry it's always 180 yeah exactly i completely agree with you but i i know there's an exception to it i just don't remember what it is it's in plain dry plain geometry in yeah hyper uh hyperbolic geometry less than 180 and spherical geometry it's greater than 180 so they average out to 180 see you're right there you go <laughs> oh and we're at about 180 degrees from the start of the show it's about 180 degrees here in my shack oh man it is warm tonight isn't it yeah it is very much but not in nova scotia maybe we should all go there it's a bit of a heat wave out there right now, oh, but uh, but come the winter time, it'll be it'll be the exact 180 degrees from uh, from 30 degrees out there right now. And and we're talking Celsius, 180 degrees. Celsius Sorry, yes, different. yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and 180 is the sum of the angles of the triangle. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. And the you know compass heading for south, which this conversation is gone. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, this show has run long, but we have packed it with good information. And until next week, get out and get caching in the Northwest. <laughs>